Section 18. Volume 3. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night. Volume 3. Section 18. When it was the one hundred and fifty-third night, she said, I will relate the tale of Ali bin Bakar and of Shams al-Nahar. It hath reached me, O August King, that in the days of yore, and in times and ages long long before, during the caliphate of Harun al-Rashid, there was a merchant who named his son Abu al-Asan, Ali bin Tahir. And the same was of great goods and grace, while his son was fair form and face, and held in favor by all folk. He used to enter the royal palace without asking leave, for all the caliph's concubines and slave girls loved him. And he was wont to be companion with al-Rashid in his cups, and recite verses to him, and tell him curious tales and witty. Withal he sold and bought in the merchant's bazaar, and there he used to sit in his shop a young youth named Ali bin Bakar, of the sons of the Persian kings, who was formous of form and symmetrical of shape, perfect of figure, with cheeks as red as roses, and joined eyebrows, sweet of speech, laughing-lipped, and delighting in mirth and gaiety. Now it chanced one day, as the two sat talking and laughing, behold, there came up ten damsels like moons, every one of them complete in beauty and loveliness, and elegance and grace. And amongst them was a young lady, riding on a she-mule, with a saddle of brocade and stirrups of gold. She wore an outer veil of fine stuff, and her waist was girt with a girdle of gold-embroidered silk, and she was even as saith the poet, silky her skin, and silk the zoned waist, sweet voice, words not o'er many, nor too few. Two eyes quoth Allah be, and they became, and work like wine on hearts they make to rue. O love, I feel, grow greater every night. O solace, doomday bring our interview. And when the courage reached Abu al-Hassan's shop, she alighted from her mule, and sitting down on the front board, saluted him, and he returned her salam. When Ali bin Bakar saw her, she ravished his understanding, and he rose to go away. But she said to him, Sit in thy place. We came to thee, and thou goest away. This is not fair. Replied he, O my lady, by Allah, I flee from what I see, for the tongue of the case saith, She is a sun which towereth high a sky, so ease thy heart with cure and patience lent. Thou to where sky height shall fail to fly, nor she from sky height can make descent. When she heard this, she smiled and asked Abu al-Hasan, What is the name of this young man? Who answered, He is a stranger, and she inquired, What countryman is he? Whereto the merchant replied, He is a descendant of the Persian kings. His name is Ali, son of Bakar, and the stranger deserveth honor. Rejoined she, When my damsel comes to thee, come thou at once to us, and bring him with thee, that we may entertain him in our abode, lest he blame us and say, There is no hospitality in the people of Baghdad, for niggardliness is the worst fault a man can have. Thou hearest what I say to thee, and if thou disobey me, thou wilt incur my displeasure, and I will never again visit thee or salute thee. Quoth Abu al-Asan, On my head and my eyes, Allah preserved me from thy displeasure, fair lady. Then she rose and went her way. Such was her case. 
But as regards Ali bin Bakar, he remained in such a state of bewilderment. Now after an hour, the damsel came to Abu al-Hasan and said to him, Of a truth, my lady Shams al-Nahar, the favorite of the commander of the faithful, Harun al-Rashid, biddeth thee to her, thee and thy friend, my lord Ali bin Bakar. So he rose, and taking Ali with him, followed the girl to the caliph's palace, where she carried them into a chamber and made them sit down. They talked together a while, when, behold, trays of food were set before them, and they ate and washed their hands. Then she brought them wine, and they drank deep and merry, after which she bade them rise and carried them into another chamber, vaulted upon four columns, furnished after the goodliest fashion with various kinds of furniture, and adorned with the decorations as it were one of the pavilions of paradise. They were amazed at the rarities they saw, and as they were enjoying like a review of these marvels, suddenly came up ten slave girls, like moons, swaying and swimming in beauty's pride, dazzling the sight and confounding the sprite, and they ranged themselves in two ranks as if they were of the black-eyed brides of paradise. And after a while in came ten other damsels, bearing in their hands lutes and diverse instruments of mirth and music. And these, having saluted the two guests, sat down and fell to tuning their lute strings. Then they rose and standing before them, played and sang and recited verses. And indeed, each one of them was a seduction to the servants of the Lord. Whilst they were thus busied and there entered ten other damsels like unto them, high-bosomed maids, and of equal age, with black eyes and cheeks like the rose, joined eyebrows and looks langorious, a very fascination to every faithful white, and to all who looked upon them a delight, clad in various kinds of colored silks, with ornaments that amazed the band's intelligence. They took up their station at the door, and there succeeded them yet ten other damsels, even fairer than they, clad in gorgeous way, so as no tongue can say they also stationed themselves by the doorway. Then came in a band of twenty damsels, and among them the lady, Shams al-Nahar Height, as she were the moon among the stars, swaying from side to side, with luring gait and in beauty's pride. And she was veiled to the middle with the luxuriance of her locks, and clad in a robe of azure blue and a mantilla of silk, embroidered with gold and gems of price. And her waist was girt with a zone set with various kinds of precious stones. She ceased not to advance with her graceful and kettish swing, till she came to the couch that stood at the upper end of the chamber, and seated herself thereon. But when Ali bin Bakr saw her, he versified with these verses, Source of mine evils, truly she alone, Of long love-longing, and my groans and moans, Near her I find my soul in melting mood, For love of her and wasting of my moans. And finishing his poetry, he said to Abu al-Hasan, Hadst thou dealt more kindly with me, thou hadst forewarned me of these things, ere I came hither, that I might have made up my mind in taking patience to support what hath befallen me. And he wept and groaned and complained. Replied Abu al-Hasan, O my brother, I meant thee naught but good, but I feared to tell thee this, lest lest such transport should betide thee as might hinder thee from foregathering with her, and be a stumbling block between thee and her. But be of good cheer, and keep thine eyes cool and clear, for she to thee inclineth, and to favor thee designeth. Asked Ali bin Bakar, What is this young lady's name? Answered Abu al-Hasan, She is Hait Sams al-Nahar, one of the favorites of the commander of the faithful, Harun al-Rashid, and this is the palace of the caliphate. 
Then Shams al Nahar sat gazing upon the charms of Ali bin Bakar, and he upon hers, till both were engrossed with love for each other. Presently she commanded the damsels one and all to be seated, each in her rank and place, and all sat on a couch before one of the windows, and she bade them sing, whereupon one of them took up the lute and began caroling. Give thou my message twice, bring clear reply in trice. To thee, O Prince of Beauty, with complaint I rise. My Lord, his heart bled dear, and life's most precious prize. Give me one kiss and gift, or loan if thou devise. And if thou craves for more, take all that satisfies. Thou don't be sickness dress, thee with health sweet I bless. Her singing charmed Ali bin Bakar, and he said to her, Sing me more of the like of these verses. So she struck the strings and began to chant these lines. By stress of parting, O beloved one, thou mad'st the eyelids, torment, race to run. O gladness of my sight and dear desire, goal of my wishes, my religion, pity the youth whose eyes are drowned in tears, of lover gone distraught and clean undone. When she had finished her verses, Shams al-Nahar said to another damsel, Let us hear something from thee. So she played a lively measure and began with these couplets. His looks have made me drunken, not his wine. His grace of gate disgraced, sleep to thee thine. Dazed me no cup, but cop with curly crop. His gifts overcame me, not the gifts of thine. His winding locks my patience clue unwound. His robe beauties robbed all wits of mine. When Shams al-Nahar heard this recital from the damsel, she sighed heavily, and the song pleased her. Then she made another damsel sing, so she took the lute and began chanting. Face that with soul and having lamping vies, give tides fair fountain which begins to rise, whose curly side beard writeth writ of love, and each curl concealeth mysteries. Cried beauty, when I met this youth I knew, tis Allah's loom such gorgeous robe supplies. When she had finished her song, Ali bin Bakr said to the slave maiden nearest him, Sing us somewhat, thou O damsel. So she took up the lute and began singing. Our trysting time is all too short for this long coyish coquetry. How long this nay, nay, and wait, wait, this is not old nobility, and now that time deigns lend delight, profits of the opportunity. When she ended, and Ali bin Bakar followed up her song with flowing tears, as Shams al-Nahar saw him weeping and groaning and complaining, she burned with love-longing and desire, and passion and transport consumed her. So she rose from the sofa and came to the door of the outlobe, where Ali met her, and they embraced with the arms around the neck, and fell down fainting in the doorway, whereupon the damsels came to them and carrying them into the outlobe, sprinkled rose water upon them both. When they had recovered, they found not Abu al-Hasan, who had hidden himself by the side of a couch, and the young lady said, Where is Abu al-Hasan? So he showed himself to her from beside the couch, and she saluted him, saying, I pray Allah to give me the means of requiting thee, O thou countess of men. Then she turned to Ali bin Bakr and said to him, O my lord, passion hath not reached this extreme pass with thee without my feeling the like, but we have nothing to do save to bear patiently what calamity hath befallen us. Replied he, By Allah, O my lady, union with thee may not contend me, nor leave me the love of thee which hath mastered my heart, but with the leaving of my life. So saying, he wept, and the tears ran down his cheeks like threaded pearls. And when Shams al-Nahar saw him weep, she wept for his weeping. But Abu al-Nasan exclaimed, By Allah, I wonder at your case, and am confounded at your condition. Of a truth, your affair is amazing, and your chance dazing. 
what the sweeping while ye are together then how will it be what time ye are parted and far separated and he continued indeed this is no tide for weeping and wailing but a season for meeting and merrymaking rejoice therefore and take your pleasure and shed no more tears then shams al nahar signed to a slave girl who arose and presently returned with handmaids bearing a table whose dishes of silver were full of various rich viands they set the table before the pair, and Shams al-Nahar began to eat, and to place tidbits in the mouth of Ali bin Bakar, and they ceased not doing till they were satisfied, when the table was removed and they washed their hands. Then the waiting woman fetched censers with all manner of incense, aloe wood and ambergris, and mixed scents, and sprinkling flasks full of rose water were also brought, and they were fumigated and perfumed. After this the slaves set on vessels of graven gold containing all kinds of sherbets besides fruits fresh and dried that I can desire and I can delight in. And lastly one brought a flagon of carnelian full of old wine. Then Shams al-Nahar chose ten handmaids to attend on them, and ten singing women, and dismissing the rest to their apartments, bade some of those who remained strike the lute. They did as he bade, and one of them began to sing. My soul to him who smiled back my salute, in breast reviving hopes that were no more the hand of love my secret brought to light and censor's tongue what lies my ribs below my teardrops ever pressed twixt me and him as though my teardrops showing love would flow when she had finished her singing shams al nahar rose and filling a goblet drank it off then crowned it again and handed it to ali bin bakar and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say End of section 18 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3. Translated by Richard Burton.